right, happy Friday for a lot of people. It's the last day of school up here in Rhode Island. So kids are happy, teachers are happy, and us parents, you know, we're so-so. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so this is episode number 103 of Shut Up and Grind with me, Robert B. Foster. So today we're going to be talking about leveling up your life and your business. And the guest I'm going to bring on, we're going to get into her backstory how she struggled, how she got through her struggles in life to what she's doing now. She's built an amazing business for herself. She's a little tired today, but she had built up an amazing business for herself and she's helping other people achieve their own level of greatness. But before we get into that, let's talk more about me. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. the value that you bring to the marketplace you know what your passion is you know why you do what you do so racism it's out there but it doesn't have to stop you just because somebody might look at you a certain way that doesn't have to stop your forward progress that's where you have to eliminate the excuses you're gonna make that game plan say for me to get to that point So, first Monday, remember, we have the new show, We About to Get Deep, with Robert B. Foster. This week, we're going to be talking about police brutality and the media's role and how it's displayed. So, that should be a pretty solid conversation, so make sure you tune in for that one. That's Mondays at 11 over on YouTube, all right? And it's, and it's just because, you know, Facebook's a li- little quick to censor that stuff. YouTube is, too, but I think Facebook is a little faster, so we're going to do it over on YouTube so if you want to join that conversation, Monday at 11 Eastern. So again, today we're going to talk about leveling up. But before we get into that, I want to give a quick blurb. I know I've said this many times before about success. And, and I want you to think about what your level of success means. Like, do you want to be a billionaire? Do you want to be a hundred thousandaire? Are you okay being a thousandaire? You know, but you pick your level on what you want your life to look like. Because I feel sometimes in business, people amass a level of success, but they're looking at someone else's success and then consider themselves a failure. And that mindset can derail everything in your business going forward. So I'm going to bring on a guest, and we're going to talk about how she helps people tell the story that of their business so you can be better displayed to the outside world which is going to make you sought after in your industry which is going to make you more money more sales and more money and get you that lifestyle that you want to create so who am i bringing on here she is a publicist a consultant a storyteller just like me probably better though she's a speaker an author she's a ceo whose mission is to take your business to the next level through streamlining business processes Welcome, Chan Gore. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Entrepreneurship is great. I was about to say, I sent sarcasm already. (laughs) So before we get going, you know, I, I have to share, I have to share with the crew how we met, right? So we first met, we were on a debate show. And so those of you who know me, I'm very, very stuck in my stances, and I just don't budge from them. It's just how it is. So, like, I don't try to be mean. You know, my parents raised us a certain way, and that's just what I hold dear to my heart. And so Chan Chan was on an opposite side of a debate. And you could, you know, thank God a little tense for a second there. You know, and (laughs) And that was our first meeting. And so we met again on a different show and then we both ended up teary-eyed <laughs> so, so it's like we saw a completely different side of each other <laughs> and then we realized that we're actually more alike than what we displayed in that first show and i'm glad that uh we're here now and that we were able to get past that first show and now we can dive into your expertise so thank you you're welcome <laughs> all right <laughs> go ahead I still don't agree on messing. Which is which is fine. Like like I tell people when it comes to debating, where a lot of people go wrong 
is they make their stance and then they'd spend the rest of the time attacking the other person's stance, like rather than just doubling down on your own stance. You know, and at the end of the debate, if we don't agree, that's fine, you know, because it's like I'm not trying to make you believe what I believe. You know, I'm just stating, hey, this is what I believe and this is why. Like if you don't if you don't, don't agree or anyone doesn't agree, you're entitled to that. It's <laughs> so. no hard feelings. It's just a debate. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because a person and you know happened to, to push you down or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Just like with me, I, I've had my fair share of run-ins with the police and I haven't had any issues whatsoever. There's someone else that could have got beat down by the cops. We're gonna have two completely different or perspectives. You're palatable black, so of course. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone actually said that that to me on my debate show last week. <laughs> He's like, "It's because it's you're not black; you're brown." You like, you can tan there, sir. So therefore, you, you could just have a good tan. You never know. You don't take a risk, okay? I do. You, know you, you could just be tan very well, so they don't want to risk it. So I just that's just my view on that. That's, that's you got to pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about you now. So give me your 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 one minute pitch. Just who is Chan? I am a mother, a significant other. Um, <laughs> I, like that. I am a producer, a publicist, a business consultant, um, a humorist, <laughs> um, you like know, that. a sarcastic individual who strives to be better than she was the day before. Um, I look at every day as opportunity to be greater and to achieve things and to experience things that I have not, you know, experienced before. So that's who I am. Um, I get the job done. Nice. Love it. All right. So, so you said backstage that you were... You were raised in the South. Where, where were you born? Orange County, Conway, South Carolina. South Carolina. Myrtle Beach area, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beach. Nice. So is Myrtle Beach like a lot of other tourist destinations? Because I've never been there, so, so I'm just asking. Is, is like the resort area all nice, and then how's the rest of it? Okay, listen, I... <laughs> <laughs> because I know both sides, you I can't even describe. You have to go there to experience it because it's okay. money gentrification and money has changed the landscape of my, you know, Conway will always be, you know, a small town. You know, it will always be that way. Myrtle Beach has just changed. Like I went back and it, like after a year after I left and it was not the same. So it's just a constant, it's a constant change. You know, you would you like people will enjoy it. I personally, eh. <laughs> it's the beach. <laughs> just yeah. it's it is what it is. Not knocking it, it's just the fact that you know, you know, once you know the once you peek behind the curtain of certain things, the 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 lore is gone. It's like eh, okay. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, that's kind of like going down to Disney. You know, like when you when you're in like the heart of Orlando of Orange County, and then you drive up <laughs> about half an hour to like a whole different scene up there. Mm-hmm. So completely and understand. <laughs> I always try to tell people go to the trailer parks and the, the seedy side of the areas to, to get the real experience. I'm not saying get out your car, but I'm saying <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Definitely don't want to get out of your car. Definitely. Your car. I didn't say all that. I just said go see. Didn't say go be a tourist. Just drive through. Don't get out your car. Just... Oh God, that's hysterical. All right. So what 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 was your biggest childhood dream growing up? I wanted to be a marine biologist. Okay. And but my father, God rest his soul, he's because I was very very opinionated. And I read a lot, and my great-grandmother kind of nudged me a little bit. Um, he thought I should go into law. Okay. I can, I can see that for you. <laughs> I definitely could. <laughs> that's, that's the path that I'm on right now. So, Okay. Yeah. It's like, believe it or not, that's what I wanted to do originally. Well, I, I guess originally I wanted to be a carpenter because my, my dad, also God rest his soul, he, he loved to build. So I, I was always his... Well, I guess I wasn't always his second-hand man because my older brother was there, too. 
but I was always his like apprentice. So I would constantly build and stuff and learn to use little power tools. And I was like, I, I could do this. And as I got older, I realized without his help, I suck at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm like, all right, I'm definitely not meant to build things, but I've always liked to, to uh, debate. And you only know what you know. So I see I see things on TV and, you know, you only see like the good parts of it. You don't see like the mountains of paperwork and the studying and the research. And I was like, ah, I'm not down with that either. So uh, I, was like, I was like, let me stick to what I'm good at, athletics. <laughs> I, I was a water girl. I could have been a water girl or something. I, I'm not doing none of that. I did. I walk up the stairs. So that, that, that's the full extent <laughs> of my fitness. <laughs> I walk up the stairs. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you mentioned your your dad. So what, what, what was your upbringing like? Well, my dad, well, my grandfather, you know, he, he's my father. He raised me. So, um, that's what it was. I think (sighs) I miss him a lot because he's my best Uh, friend and, um, he sheltered me and allowed me to form my own opinions. It was one of those things that I, I can't, I can't, um, it's hard to describe, but it's made me who I am. Yeah. And it's because of him that I'm so great at everything that I do. And I feel I'm great. At, now I'm I'm at the point where I know I'm great at what I do. Yeah. Because, um, but yeah, my upbringing was, it wasn't roses and grapes. You know, I didn't have a close-knit family. It was just he and myself and my sister. Like it was mm-hmm. periods of times where I had family and then I didn't. And um I guess it, it's it's made me to uh, to be so focused because one thing he did was he introduced me to books and that was the the thing that allowed me to escape and learn so much mm-hmm. and um, to this day like I have a, I always I read so much um, books in other languages things like that like I you know he gave me that. And I'm not saying like, there's parts of my childhood where I kind of put out of my mind. So I probably would never remember, you know, and it's fine, but it's like, he gave me that drive, you know, to, you know, to no matter what, you know, whatever we went through, we had each other. And now that he's not here, he's always with me. So yes. I, it, I know I don't have that whole backstory like I was raised on a farm and da, 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 da. I don't have that. I just <laughs> I didn't have a host of cousins. I don't have anything like that. Like mm. um I found out some things about myself when I went to get my passport again. And it was like, oh, okay, that's cute. Um, but yeah, my dad gave me this this skill set that I have now, this drive that I have now, this I'll look on life that I have. So I can't, I can't love that. See, and, and, and I asked that question cause I like to know people's starting points, mm-hmm. you know, cause like it, it's very easy to look at the end and then just talk about all the great things you're doing now. But like, I want to look at, cause a lot of people can't identify with that right out of the gate saying, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you're a publicist and a consultant and a storyteller and author, a mom. And, you know, like for some people it's like that, that's just overwhelming. You know, trying to to resonate with that. So yeah. That one, yeah. So once I shifted and started talking about the backstory, seeing seeing what people go through to get to, to where they are, it, it just makes it makes us appreciate that journey that much more. It, it has. Um, like even to this day now, I met my mother um, when I was 26 years old. Oh, wow. And um, it wasn't a great greeting it wasn't a great situation i think the first couple words were like her first words are you alive i'm like wait ma'am what a wait i don't wow. know wait ma'am you <laughs> what wow <laughs> but it was one of those things like you have to i'm still in the process of i grieved her without knowing her so when i met her it was more of a um Dang, you know what I'm saying? Like, I came from you and you just don't understand. Like, you missed out on such a great person. And then for that to be your first comment. And then she looked at my youngest son and we, my youngest son and I look just alike. Well, not alike, alike, but you know, yeah. when he was a baby, he looked, we looked just alike as 
you know, and she looked at him and it scared her because that was a, I was a kid she walked away from, you know what I'm saying? So, and I had to understand where she, she's coming from and essentially forgive her. And I think, cause I didn't have a, a mother figure per se. So I was out here playing and loose, hoping it shakes out all right. Because it's like, <laughs> I didn't have, you know, you didn't, I didn't have that. So, you know, thank God they, 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 they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to have my two older kids listen to that because I, I raised them. Like their, their, their mom moved, moved away in 2006 and they didn't have, they really, God, in 15 years, I think they've, they've seen her less than 10 times, I want to say. Sounds like my and then, and then you fast forward, when my son was graduating, I think he graduated in 2017, she wanted to, to well, she actually did come up, but he, he, didn't, he didn't get her a ticket. He didn't want to see her. You know, my younger daughter, well, because, like, he remembers the day she left. Like, my daughter does, because, like, we weren't told. We found out she left. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. We found, I actually took them to her job to to visit her, and that's how we found out she had moved. Oh wow! Yeah, so my I daughter change of address. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's crazy. So like my daughter, she was three. So like she she doesn't remember that happening, but but my son does. And then even now, like she and my daughter, they spoke for a little bit, but there are things like for the winter ball, I would have couple of, of the women from my gym come to do her hair and help her with her makeup because I mean I, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> you could have seen my daddy, but go ahead. <laughs> I was yep. like a boy until I was about yes. <laughs> Yeah, so same thing with with my daughter when I would bring her, her to preschool. Only thing I knew how to do was, was a ponytail. So, so she came home one day with her hair all nice nice. And I was like, oh like what happened? And the student teacher did, did her hair. I was like if I send the products to school, will you do her hair? <laughs> She's like, yes. You know, so like, you know, Mother's Day just passed. And there, there are people that like to tag me in a Mother's Day post. I was like, no. I was like, because I am not disrespecting moms like that. I was like. I'm not, I'm not one of those, those, like, those women. Like, even though my ex-husband is. No, he's not dead. God rest his soul anyway. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not. Don't wish me happy Father's Day because I, I yeah. didn't. I, I, that's not my role. I'm yes. I am a mother. I can't it, I didn't it would you know I just that yeah. whole thing I don't like that. I would never wish you happy mother's day cuz Yeah, like it's work. it's yeah, it's disrespectful. Like like I I can't do the things that moms can do. Correct. They I just can't, you know. And so and I'm not going to try to act like I can. So I might have to magnify my daddy, my daddy abilities, <laughs> you know. But like my son when he graduated, I'll never forget he gave me a hug. Right. He's hold on. He's like, thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for always being there. Wait. But then he pulls back and he says, it would have it would have been nice to not be told to man up every time I got hurt, though. <laughs> you <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> Oh, you you ain't right. See, you, you just play this. See, hold on, hold on, because you go by how you were raised. Like I was raised by a marine, right? There, he he no wasn't. He wasn't. A, he wasn't about that kissing boo boo's life. That is terrible. <laughs> that is horrible. You know, like that's hey. <laughs> I will say this because, like, I, I didn't learn to really blow my nose till I was eighteen, but that's besides. Okay. Like, <laughs> my dad and I was he, like, he will always be my superhero, and I think that a lot of people kind of um, take those roles. Like, I know they're trying to say, what did they call it now? There's some newfangled uh, stuff about being a mom of birth, whatever. Oh, bir- birthing person. <laughs> First of all, you're not gonna call me that. <laughs> okay. You there. That's great. <laughs> Mother. Okay, listen. I right. stop all this. I get it. I'm all for equality, but you're not gonna call me a birthday mm. person. That that exactly. is so good. I am not a cow. Okay. <laughs> all right. I didn't lay eggs. So I am a mother. Like, you know, we're not Agreed. gonna do this. So I just I'm sorry. I have no, man. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. I just recently heard that too, like maybe a month ago. I was like, is that seriously a thing? No. <laughs> like, like, I want to throw all of that in a bucket with participation trophies. I'm just going yes. to yes. and be done with it. We yes. just had that talk at my gym this morning. Right? We just had that talk. I said, like, because back in the day, you had to work hard, like, working hard 
was yes. something something to be desired. You know, you wanted people to work hard. Right. And if you, if you didn't, you did not get rewarded. But that teaches you how to deal with life. Thank you. We <laughs> have a generation of sore losers. Like, yes. get over it. It is okay to lose. Listen, it's not the end of the world because you didn't come in third, okay? You don't <laughs> get a participation trophy just for trying. The, the applause that you get is, there you go. That's all you get. You don't get a trophy. Look, whoever was first, second, and third, they get the trophies. Just get over it. I, yep. It's true. I, I agree. But See, and, and getting back to the father thing, like with my dad, he constantly challenged us. I, I'm one of seven. Right, but and we were all athletes, and he constantly raised the bar, constantly raised the bar. Like he never let us settle for anything, and that shapes, you know, and that shapes your character, like like that shapes your mindset. So that's why I'm doing a show about overcoming obstacles, because no matter what we faced, he's like, you just how you gonna get through it? Okay, yeah. this this is what's happening. How you gonna get through it? You know, it, that's the only way. Like like my that was like I've never I couldn't bring home a seat. Yeah, because he was saying you're not average, so why are you playing like you are? Exactly. It would never. It was never an option for me to say, "Well, I just I did what I could." He's like, "Come on now, <laughs> if you don't do your best, then you're not doing what you could." And I, 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 I kind of want up myself every single day because yeah. of that. Because I can hear him like, "You know, you could have did better." Like, I, I yes. know. <laughs> like yeah. it's like that is what he gave me and it's like i really do think this generation is missing out on that kind of parenting or that i just feel that because i just and maybe it's because of the way i was raised but i do feel like that made me who i am that made me succeed as much as i have like that's that hearing that voice in the back of my head like you know you could do better and it just made me want to one-up myself and keep you know, competing against myself. I don't compete against anybody, you yes. know, because I don't feel like I'm in competition with anyone but myself. I can only, you know, go up against me. So, you know, it's 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 a no-brainer. Like, that's how it should be. I, I don't look at other people as the the rabbit to chase or whatever, the, yeah. you know, the lane. Like, I have my own highway. I'm the yes. architect of my own, you know, my own infrastructure. So, therefore, I can't say... And I think I got all of that from him because he said, no one can live your life, but you, Yep. you know, so either you're going to live or you're just going to sit down and die, like just pointless to, you know, dang. <laughs> yeah. I just, my dad is everything. I don't care what nobody say. It, it's, it's true. <laughs> like, and you know, people growing up without a dad, you know, they're 20% more likely to lead a life of crime. It's like, that's how important fathers are. And that's and that's any race, you know. That's any yeah. race. Growing up without without a dad, like I couldn't imagine not having. I mean, I love my mom. I, I have a great relationship with my mom, but they were definitely two different roles, you know. They're, like they're, I, they're very the roles of a mother and a father are so so different, and yes. you know, not having that the the flip side of that, and I'm seeing the role that I have with my children. Yeah. I see the difference. You know, because my dad, when before he, the dementia got to the point where he, we could not, I could not take care of him. He was a father for my children. You know, when, when I went through my divorce or whatever, he, um, he came up and he was just like, okay, cool. This is what we're going to do. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so the first couple of years, like my, my youngest son, he'll be 15 this year. My first, his first couple of years. His formative years, when he was going to, uh, he was three, two and a half, three, four, up until the time he was five, yeah. that's my dad was here. And he did not play. Mm. And I think that is what, le he left that impression on them and in me too. Because I was like, you know, he let them get away with stuff I would have never gotten away with, but I get it. He's granddad, so that's different. Yeah. But he instilled in them the same drive that he gave me. So I'm yes. so blessed for that. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Like in everything I do with, with my kids, no matter what it is, I transfer it over to life. Like we were at the playground by my house yesterday 
we were playing soccer and I was teaching them how to run and dribble and, you know, like, but I always play defense on them. Like I'll, I'll hit it when I can, you know, just mm-hmm. to help them build that, that resilience. And at one point my son stopped. I said, no, 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 no. I said, we don't quit. Like the play is still going, you know, the play is still going. I said, what are you going to do when you get out there working and you get tired? You're just going to stop working. It's like, it's like that. Like it doesn't work that way. You'll lose your job. You know? Well, some of these kids nowadays will walk away from the job. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> I mean, because I look at it now, like the dynamic in my household now, it's like um, we had some clashes now, you know, because my son was not kind of used to having a male figure. And so there was some some, some headbutting. Mm. But now it's like they got to a point where it's like he understands. He's like, OK, I get it now. Yeah. And, you know, I think he kind of tapped into my father and he was able to humble himself and understand, like, OK, I get it now. You know, it's like because I you can't. That's one thing I tell people: don't force children to have relationships with people that they're not ready to have relationships with. And I'm I'm, I'm so thankful my dad didn't do that because um I I didn't welcome any woman that he brought around. So he didn't force it. He just said, "Be respectful." Yeah. I'm respectful, but I just you know I was like, "Ma'am, you're not gonna be here that long." So <laughs> <laughs> that's how my daughter gets. I I can just mention some. Oh, who is that? Who is that? First where of all, is she? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where is she from? Who, who is she? What's the family? Because I, I did all of that. I low key. I stalk people. I don't care. I didn't care. Like I'm so serious. I stalk people. Yeah. People come to my daddy life and wreck his life and have me over here picking up the pieces. That's true. He <laughs> would try to hide it, and I laughed so much because I when when at the beginning, like when I when I. When I, I didn't tell my dad I was married for like six months. Wow. Let, let me go ahead and say, like my dad, because I knew my dad wouldn't approve. But you know, I was mm. eighteen. I felt I knew. I felt I knew what I was doing. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Once again, proved him right. I didn't know. So. <laughs> so therefore, like I kind of like you know, you know when I, the call that I made when I uh, told him I was getting a divorce. Well, there was some stuff that happened before that. And um, he's like, he put his hands on you, didn't he? It's like, how, how did, where are you? Wait, wait. I'm like, wait, are no. you in here? <laughs> like, how did you know this? He's like, I just, I knew, you know, I tried to tell you. I was like, uh, you know, those kind of things like that. He, he, man, my dad was, is a superhero. Okay, what nobody say. It just. See, see, and us dads, especially when it comes to our daughters, we just know. We just know. Like, my daughter was dating someone. And he was he was a nice kid on the surface, but but I saw beneath the surface. Something was not right, yeah. And I kept telling her, I was like, because like my daughter, she can be kind of sensitive. And he he was a uh, Dominican, right? And then, you know, Dominican men have a stereotype that they're kind of demanding, controlling, you know. And so like I made his restaurants for a long time. I worked with a lot of Dominicans, so I was like, I kind of seen it first. I know you can't lump lump them all into the same box, but. There is some truth there. But just as they started going further and further, like I would take her say, listen to how he's talking to you. Like, pay attention. Ooh. You know, like just kept planting that seed. And then there was a string there where she she kept crying. Like, because I'm very high energy and upbeat. So I come upstairs in my high energy way and she just on the couch, just withdrawn. And then I would come over to her. I'd give her a hug. See, I hug every now and then. Right? I'd give her a hug and I'd just say, how much longer are you going to deal with this? See, that's that father thing right there. Because, you know, if my dad said, and this is where I wish he was alive to this day, but I'm glad his father saw that we were together. My dad made the comment that I was going to be with the person I'm with now. Like, mm. way b- long, uh, way, <laughs> way back when I was 16. I'm with wow. the, first, the first, my first boyfriend. I'm with him now. Yeah. And back then, my dad was like, no, you're not going to be with a guy. Like, it was... He put a stop on my relationship out the gate, and um, I understand why he did it. Now I do. Now I do. Yes. Because I would have lost my focus. Mm. I would have lost. I would have got. I was so enamored and so, you know, your first love, y'all, googly eyed, all that other stuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I was very focused as a, as a, you know, as a kid, as a 
coming into a young adult, like coming into 14, 15 years old, I was so focused on accomplishing things and learning so much. And I realized now what he did. And I'm thankful for that because I, I now see I was kind of going into that path where all he, all the, everything that mattered, he did, he was the only thing that mattered. And, you know, I would have lost that in my, and I see what my dad did. And I thought it was because he just didn't want me being bothered with boys, but I see what he did because I would have never, I mean, even though he did break my heart when I was 16, but it, that was another boost. But my dad was like, in that heartbreak is where you're going to see where you, where you want to be at, how you're going to deal with it. Because yes. that first heartbreak, you know, he was like trying to coach me through it because first of all, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> first of all, but I, I went through a deep depression and that was the first time my dad was like, get through it, work through it, cry get mad, go through those emotions, deal with it. And then pick, you pick yourself up. You don't ne you never wallow. And I was like, I felt like he was just being mean to me. Like I was like, daddy, I, <laughs> you're being mean. And he was like, listen, you got three days. <laughs> and it was like, I was so, but in those three days, he coddled me, you know, he let me have my pity party. I left, I left South Carolina that, at, at that point, but he mm. sent me to a better school district, but it gave me a way of coping, like because I used to, having this conversation. There's so much that's dawning on me that <laughs> my dad gave me so many tools that I still use to this day. When I was 15, 16 years old, yeah, those words that he gave me. Now I'm 30 years old. I'm never gonna say my age. I'm between now forever. That's all. You're <laughs> but to this day. When I feel like I'm a failure, I go back and I hear that. And it's like, now I get it. It all dawns on me. Yes. And I hate to say it, I, I would have never become a publicist if it hadn't been for the path that I was on. Because I was so afraid to, yeah. to kind of, um, how do I put this? To maximize on the skill sets that I had developed naturally. Yes. I was like, I, and this was the crazy part. I went from working in DOD to um, sales, like to actually corporate leasing. And then I went into sales. I wasn't a salesperson, but I, persuasive writing was my was my thing when I was writing proposals. And it was like crazy because I learned the code. I learned to speak different languages. And in within that proposal writing, because you have to write to make someone interested in your business, in the business, in the deal. Yeah. And, I was able to use those that skill set to write press releases that I didn't even know were press releases. <laughs> the communications that are that are inside of RFPs and different marketing materials, you're writing that, and I, that's where I blossomed. And I see what he he was just use every opportunity. Everything is it's always connected, and I didn't even realize it. I think I talked about it a couple of years ago where all of my careers have been connected, but now on a deeper level, now that I've been focused on this personal side of me, yeah. it's like, I get it now because you have to do that work. And it's, it's, even though it's uh, the appearance of a corporate setting or entrepreneur, you know, your entrepreneurship and all that, the business side, a lot of it takes place in your, your personal for you to be, yeah. able to navigate and to be great at that stuff that you want to do as a, to make money. See, and that's why it says up there, your true power lies in your yep. story. Yep. It's and that's the truth. Yep. That is the that's so true because it's like, I didn't even realize that like, dang, that is crazy to see it, but I get it now. And I'm appreciative of that because who there's so many people who don't want to look at their story and, you know, because I think about it every day. I think about it a lot. Like it's always playing with my head. Like, where would I, where would I be if I did not, you know, listen to my dad? You know, listen. Yeah, it, go ahead. Like, because you know, I don't. I'm a loner in a way, but I, I, I listened to him because he said, "Not everybody deserves you." And I didn't. There it is. That until now, like. I get it because not everybody, people, not everybody deserves to have that side of you or to be in your presence. And it's okay. 
and it's all right. And he said, it's okay to be by yourself. You, you're more safe. He said, you're safer by yourself than with a crowd. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. <laughs> so, I mean, I could sit here. We we could do a a whole nother show yep. just on life lessons from from our fathers because I've had so many from mine. It's it, you can't count them. Like you just you just can't. I can't. You know, it's like many many from mom as well. But you know, hers are more on uh, if I'm having a moment, she's right there to pick me up. But it's those kicks in the ass from dad. Those are the ones that really shape you. You know, like my father, he was a very smart man. Like I said, he was a Marine. He fought in Vietnam. But he, he was an athlete. But just the thing with him is that he just never, ever let us quit, no matter what it was. But he also never let us settle. He's like, yep. all right. Yep. Yep. He's like, all right, you, you got here. Now what you going to do? All right, I got there. Now what you going to do? Yep. <laughs> like, it was just always now what you're going to do. And no matter what we deal with, he just always had something positive, mm-hmm. you know? And so. Cause he told I, me never to be, cause when I opened my first, well, my first legitimate business, cause my first job was cutting yards and washing windows for restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you're going to do it, you better do it great. And I was like, Oh, so I, I learned to be the best window washer, best lawn cutter. Like I was not going to be outdone by men. So <laughs> when, <laughs> when I launched my dessert company and when I was 18, 19 years old, I was married then, but I love, I baked. Okay. And he's like, you know, you can't just, just bake, just to bake, you know, you gotta, and I made sure like I, I, went all out. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, you know, regular pies are nine and 12 inches. I was making, you know, 18 to 20, like pies and shipping them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, okay. That was back before the internet was a thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was way before when Yahoo had full business suite where you could build your website and all of that. So yeah. I realized like, dang, cause he was, he was like, nope, you got to do better. Nope. You got, it just made me, um, Re- redo my recipes, made me get better product, made me seek out different things. And it was like, I realized that like, he was giving me the tools that I needed to any business that I chose to open. He was like, what are you playing for? You know, you, you can't. I was like, dang it, man. <laughs> one, thing, one thing I say all the time, I say it to, to my, my kids. I say it to my, my fitness clients. I always say, you don't have to like it. You just have to be good at it. That's it. That's it. They'll be like, Rob, I don't like to run. I don't care if you like it. Just be good at it. Right. I'm going to train you to be good at it. Bless your heart. You know, plain and simple. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about you. Well, we have been talking about you. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about you. All right. So when did you first decide to become an entrepreneur? I was about nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Listen, I didn't want, like, I'm a lot of, I was very, I was taken care of. Like, my dad I was a princess, but I wasn't the typical princess. I wanted to be like my dad. My dad had multiple jobs. I wanted the same thing. He made sure that I we had breakfast at Harry's Pancake House once a week together. (laughs) And he made sure he had breakfast with me every morning. And he, he had the ability to do that because he worked for himself. And that made me realize like I could be the 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 timekeeper of myself. And he will see, he always said that you don't have to work for someone per se. You can make your, you could decide when you want to work and how you want to work. And so, yes. you know, it just, I started with the, like I said, washing windows and cutting yards with it. You know, my dad would get up before the sun came up, before the dew hit the ground, cut grass. And then he had another, then he had another gig to go to. Hmm. Like he ran an office, he ran all of it. Like, yeah. So therefore for me, that's what it gave me. That's what I knew I wanted to work for myself. Even though I went and took um, when I left from South Carolina and came back up here. And once I got married, I had to, you know, get a job. But I always had, you know, the aspiration to do something outside of that. So when I didn't go to college right away, I was always out doing something, reading something, figuring out something. And so that's where the the, the baking and the catering came in. And um that I learned a lot um, because <clears throat> I never played it small. Even though I had a full-time career, I never played it small. You know, I would go out when when I was 24, 
I was driving past, I was doing mystery shopping at the same time. I was always like, the hustle was real. Um, I was driving past an upcoming community and I bought a house for my birthday. Bought a house for my birthday. <laughs> like, nice. And then, but the thing is, when I walked into the sales office, they were having a meet and greet and they needed a, um, their caterer had canceled. I said, I can do it. So I brought them, you know, I did that in less than 24 hours. Then I got two more jobs based on that. And then I started doing character cakes and all of these things. And I actually just kept growing, you know, doing different things for um, different, um, for different individuals at my job and um, doing that. I did one wedding, well, two weddings and I quit after that. I didn't do weddings anymore. Brides are crazy. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> that's the thing with me being raised by my dad. I don't do glitz and glamour, girly crap. Uh, where is this point? Like you're spending all this money, buy a house, do something better with your money. I get it. You have a party, you want to show everybody after 12 years, he finally married you. Great. But you're paying all this money to be being crazy for nothing. So that mm -hmm. ended my career as a um as a bridal with a you know wedding planner. Yeah. Because I would have been the wedding murderer at that point. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, some women are crazy. And but it gave me the boost that I needed to understand like there's a business, there's there's a market for everything. So I did wow. I I did so much with that. Like I took that one company and just turned it into another company. Then I started consulting other with other people who wanted to launch a business. And this was before the internet was what we have now. Yeah. So I would actually call different counties, different states to figure out, I said, can you mail me a packet on how to register a business where you are? I have someone interested. And so I learned all of that. And I just kept learning and kept growing and kept, you know, learning what questions to ask when someone said, well, I would, I, I've always wanted to do such and such. I was like, okay, so what are we going to do? And I granted we were sitting clocked in somewhere I'm like on our lunch break. Let's talk about how we're going to launch this this situation. Let's talk about how are you going to what are your plans for the next five years? I know you don't want to be here doing data entry. Where do you want to be? And so from there, it just kept going and realizing that that's a consultant. You know, so that's I consulted for a while, a lot. Well, I still do. And then I, you know, it just kept evolving and growing in. And then when I started producing events, it was different, you know? So all the stuff that I learned, I did, you know, I applied to the different comedic events. I wanted to do a festival. I did a festival. I'm going to do it again this year. But it was like everything that I put my mind to, it just, it. I failed a couple times, but in that failure is where, and it, this is where the engineer side of my brain comes in. Um, you have to fail to get it right. Yeah. Because you know what I'm saying? Because with engineering, you're going to, you want to solve the equation to make sure that, you know, your end result is correct. So you have to have a number of fails before it's a success. Yes. So failure is inevitable and it has to happen. So in all of that, the failures, I never looked at the failure as a stop. I never looked at failure as a reason to give up. It was just, I needed, how many more failures do I need for that green light to go off? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no. I would rather have those failures than to have a false positive and then fail afterwards. You get what I'm saying? So I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm going to <laughs> stay on this side of this equation because you could have that false positive and then drop off the face of the earth. Don't want that. You know what I'm saying? So let me get all these failures out because when you have what's a test fail result card, right? Yes. You have to have a certain number of fails for that, that, that success to mean something. So I, I welcome that. And I love the failure because it gave me that success. It made it more sweeter, but it also legitimized that success. So yeah. you, don't, you don't take that for granted. So oh, that's what people don't understand. Like my brain is it's different. It works different because it's like I'm always it's always 10 steps ahead of me sometimes. And so it's 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 someone can bring an idea to me and I, I'll go through the prop the every single probability of yeah. you know which way to go which and then I'll, I'll get to where i need to and i i don't know if it's the um intuitive side of me or maybe i do have a superpower i don't know but i can tell someone that their business is going to be success or a failure just by talking to them and working through the process and then you know helping them to get to their sops their standard operating procedures because a lot of people don't understand you know that side of things i have my own sop 
you know, if if I get hit by a bus, there's a binder here. You can run my business. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not saying I'm going to run out and play in traffic or nothing, but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's dang. I, my journey in business has been, <laughs> I'm still on a journey. Like, my highway is not, the, the, my road, it's like Route 66. It's going to keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> it's a never ending, so. See, and that's why, why I like these conversations to just organically develop, because, like, yes. Like when you get going, your face lights up. We got the <laughs> smile all bright. I was like, she is into her passion right now. Yeah. You know? And just like when when the questions are pre-prepared, it just doesn't come off that genuine. You yeah. know, and that's why why I do this. But the one thing you said there that I love, and almost everyone that I've had on the show so far, we're talking over a hundred people now, have all said that they value the failure, that that's how you learn. And, mm-hmm. and and I feel like that goes back to what we were saying earlier about participation trophies. Like that's why I'm so against that because these kids are growing up not knowing how to deal with failure. That's and it. and like you said, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Like if, if look at a baseball player. I mean, I, I I get it. Hitting a 95 mile an hour ball is not easy. But if you hit three out of ten, you're considered good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so missing those other set, you have to miss those seven to hit those three. But a lot of people don't realize that. And this is why so many people choose to end their lives after they fail. And that's not funny, but it's like, it's True. so, they haven't been, they you know how a guitarist, they build calluses on their fingers, right? Yes. Yep. So if you don't build that, how can you be, be a great player? So that's where the the failures will help you to build those cal that thick skin that you need, so that you can cope with failing, yes. and uh, and understand like it has to happen like, and that's why I feel like participation trophies has t- have taken away from the building of the tough skin to endure life struggles. Like you're not going to always you're not going to be rich out the gate, yes. you're not going to be successful out the gate. So. At a young age, you got to learn. You're not, listen, little Timmy is going to run faster than you. You just going to have to deal with it. Yes. You got to run on that track and condition yourself to to beat little Timmy next time. Like, you know, it's just, and that's why I feel like, you know how we had Mayday Play Day, right? Mm. All these races, you got to you gotta figure out, you going against all these people, okay? You know you're not, you, you got to do what's best, the best you can. You you know you're not gonna win it all, but it's like dang, they've taken away the 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 art of the the art of defeat. Okay, yes. they've taken yes. you know because it make your stomach hurt, your whole your whole chest feel like it caved in. You <laughs> need to feel that. You people need to go through that emotion where you feel like the whole world just fell on you because yes, you gotta go through that. It's not gonna kill you, but you gotta go through that so that. You could build up an immunity to that. Like I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Yeah, like people people see on, on my bios that that I was an all American in track and field, and but they don't understand what it took to get there. You know, I had to lose a lot of times before mm-hmm. I finally started even just breaking even. Then finally, by the time I became a senior, I was pretty much unbeatable. You know, pretty much. But it took a lot of time and it took a lot of mental. Like it wasn't even so much physical. Like I was working out. I was in the gym. I was running. But then I'd get there in the high jump and I'd be in my head thinking of all the negative. What if my foot hits it? What if I don't tuck high enough? And then my dad's like, focus on making it. He's He's like, don't focus on missing it. Focus on making it. Cause it's all in your, it's all in your head. Cause I, I get some days I have those moments where I, in the minute I say I'm not going to do well today, I don't. Exactly. So if I don't, if I get out of the bed and the first thing out of my mouth is, I'm about to make today my bitch. I don't know if can cuss. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and I do that, and I'm I, I beast the whole day. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like I am going and you know doing what's necessary. And I think a lot of people in in this is where I think my great grandmother and my dad used to say that there is power in in the tongue. And it's you. It's how you speak to yourself and other people, and that's kind of why I watch what I say because I I can eviscerate somebody's whole existence. With I'm sure, you could. But if they go out, smile and pray for you afterwards. Like, I didn't hear you, but you shouldn't. You made me do it, and I, I have to, I have to watch that. And it's like, you know, 
I realized I do that to myself. I used to eviscerate my own dreams, yes. my own my own drive. And I'm like, ooh, I need to check myself on that now. We, we're not going to do this, ma'am. Like, you <laughs> really actually have to watch that that voice, that self in you, that's within you that tells you you're going to fail because you will fail if you tell yourself you're going to fail. Yes. Because you self-actualize those things. Yeah. And I will not self-actualize complete failure. You know, complete failure is just giving up, being done. Yeah. But failure is just part of the process. There's two yeah. different things. Yeah. And I, you know, people need to understand there's two different kinds of failures. Don't get it twisted. But you know, being able to, you know, everybody's talking about manifesting and all that. No, you self-actualize a lot of things within yourself. So watch how you talk to yourself. Because I, 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 me and my, me and the people that live inside my head, we have an understanding. Yeah, like, I mean, I believe a little bit in the manifesting, but I definitely, I definitely believe you have to self-actualize. And yep. I'll, give, I'll give an example. I was, I was get, going on vacation. This was a few, few years ago. And I am not the most organized soul on earth. So really? yeah, yeah. You might find that hard to believe. And so I made a little, little hiccup. I, I forgot a payment was coming out of my account. And so now I'm like, Oh crap. You know, my ex is flipping out. What are we going to, I'm like, we'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll be fine. Remember um, the supplement company, Herbal Life? Lord have mercy. They'll hit you up like Apple, like Apple do. Apple will get that money. No matter what you're doing, they will get that money. Okay? So I, I was selling for them for a while and then I had stopped just because I didn't, I don't want, I didn't like the whole two shapes, one meal thing. Like, like I want to teach people how to properly eat. And so anyway, I guess, I guess. They, put in your mouth, go ahead. <laughs> but I guess they went through a class action lawsuit and I didn't know. And so this was like, I think three days before our, our vacation, I'm sitting here trying to, trying to crunch numbers just so, so we're not in trouble when we get back. And then, a thousand dollar check showed up in the mail oh. <laughs> from, from that class action lawsuit. <laughs> I was like, "See, I told you if he stay focused, everything's gonna work out." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> oh god. All right, but so that's how that happens? That happened to me the other day. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good. So actually, it happened to me just where did I put it? Just yesterday, I guess. Um, you know how the government was gi- giving out loans for—I mean, not, not loans, grants. Mm-hmm. I guess—I guess I applied for one months ago. I long forgot about it, and it showed up. There it is, and it showed up yesterday. Ooh, right there, check five thousand dollars. <laughs> you better. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> that can take care a whole lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like state treasury. I'm thinking, what did I forget? <laughs> what, you, you look at the envelope. Like, oh, is this a bill? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was like, what did I forget? I was like, oh, pay to the order of. <laughs> oh, that, see, we like pay to the order. That this yes. is new. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so when when a new client comes comes to you, like, what's your what's your process? What's the first the, the first way you try to try to get them? get them on the right path well when we have a consultation and within my consultations i do like i i can sell off break if it's going to work or not yeah if it's not, I'm, i'll refer them to a, a person that could deal with them because i'm not a i'm not a coddler yeah i'm not a um i'm not a bullshitter yeah and one thing i'm not going to tolerate if i'm not going to work as hard or harder than you for your business yes so, and it also, it's also in what you're bringing to the table and what you want to accomplish. If you are saying, oh, I want to do this and it's totally unreasonable, mm-hmm. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm going to say, you know what? This is not a good fit. Thank you so much. But yeah. here are some strategies to help you where you need to go. <laughs> Make sure you pay the invoice. That's all I'm saying. You pay the invoice for, you know, the consultation fee yeah. and then you take it from there. But I don't, I don't um, just take people's, you know, I don't work with people who I feel are, not ready or that I feel like my personality is going to clash because I'm very blunt and I'm very honest. And if I put in the hard work and you don't do it, I'm, I'm, I will, I've had clients where I'm like, you know, this, this is not working. Yeah. You know, you can keep your money going on about your business. Um, cause I, you can't do that. So I'm very passionate when I'm working with someone because essentially you, your brand and yourself becomes my brand and myself. 
And if I have to give as much as I would for myself to their brand and then to themselves. So that's how that works for me. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I have that same philosophy with the fitness. I mean, hence the shut up and grind. (laughs) You know, so like people, people will come in and I tell them right up front. I was like, if you walk in that door, I expect 100%. I said, so if you're feeling sluggish from work, if you're this, I'm like, I'm not your guy. I said, if you're going to pay me to get you a result, then I need I need your all. Like, it's like, don't tell me I just ran five miles when, when you come in. Like, that's not my problem. I was like, for this workout, I expect your best. Like, what you did before here, it's not my problem. <laughs> you know? I like, will say this. I walked out on the trainer before. Yeah. I just, it, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I kept, she said, go down the steps. I said, been down the steps and went right out the door. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, I it's like I set the expectation, but I start people, obviously, where, where they are. You know, so if, if someone hasn't worked out in three years, then, like, when I send people out to run, I'll put them on the bike. You know, it's like, I'm not a total jerk. But after I tell people, after 30 days, though, I start to up the ante, you know, and start to get you to where everyone else is. Of course. That, yeah. That's a given. And I feel like in business, it's the same. It's the same. As, it's the same thing with consulting and public relations. Mm. People think that PR is, is a quick fix. No, yeah. it's time. You're not going to get no 10-pack in 30 days. So why would you think you would get a media reach in 30 days? Or why would you feel like you should be on the Today Show in 30 days? Unless yeah. you are went viral, shot somebody, was with a celebrity or something that's of interest of the people, yeah. that's not going to happen. Unless you scam a whole bunch of people, they want to bring you on the news to make fun of you for scamming people. That, that, we got to <laughs> understand, like, those are the type of things that we got to go through. But in that's the expectations that I kind of give to people. Like, it is a process. You can't come with an idea of you want your business in a certain way and don't do the work. You know, so we're going to work when you're with me. You're going to work when you're working with me. Your mind is going to be, you're going to be pushed to your limits. I don't do lazy public relations and I don't do lazy consulting because your brand is my brand. And I feel like a lot of people see the glitz and the glamour, but they don't see the work that's put in the, the hours of looking at um, the, your contemporaries when you are, if you have a client that is uh, a service, and you have someone else doing the same service and you you're trying to pitch them to the they're going you're pitching to the same journalist yeah. you got to figure out exactly what that journalist is looking for that takes a lot of time and strategy in looking and reading and following them and knowing what they're in anticipating what their next piece is going to be so you have to get in and pitch that and a lot of people don't understand the work that goes into that and i think that we definitely have to change them. I'm trying to change the thought process on intangible service services that exist. And that's part of the reason why I work so hard is because I want to show you it's hard work, but I'm going to get you where you need to go. It's just hard work. You can't, it's not a, I can't put in a bottle and say here, you know, but, (laughs) but it's the work that's you don't see that's being done. So. Yeah. And, and I feel like so many people want that. They just want that. Like, oh, well, I hired you. The business is just going to blow up now. It's like, it's like you still have stuff to do, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's on you. You have to answer these questions. You have to, you know, work with me on what you would like to, what you would like your, your public persona to look like. What do you want the feeling that you want to invoke when people think of you? What do you want your lasting impression to be? What would you like your, what trust, how are you going about gaining the trust and loyalty of these consumers, of this audience, of, you know, the people that you want to work with, of your constituents, even with political figures as well? What do you want to leave? And so that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize in public relations and in business development, you have to go through all that. And there's a psychology of it. There is a, the social aspect of it. And there's also the building of the trust. You know, and because yes. you can't, and this is what I tell people all the time, no amount of money, I don't care how shady you are. I don't care if you offer me a million dollars. If you shady, I'm going to tell you shady and get the, get the, mm-hmm. um, get going somewhere because yep. you can't buy my, you can't buy integrity. Exactly. And that's why I really want people to understand. Like when you work with me, your integrity, if I see your integrity is not where it needs to be, you're not authentic. I can't do it. 
Because I'm not faking. I'm not going to take. I, I'm not going to take blood money. I love that. Love that. Because that's also also a lost start. I had a couple business partners, and now I with me, I stumbled into entrepreneurship. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. So like I turned my old garage into a gym. It was more so for me because I was getting fed up with restaurant management. I had five little kids, you know, it's like, they're all older now, but when they were all little, they were, they were quite the handful. And so I I would just go out into the garage and just, you know, throw some weights around to kind of decompress. So I didn't take it out on all of them. Like I was for a while there, like without, without even realizing it, I would just bring in the stress home with me. And then I was like, you know, why don't I just put it, put an ad out in the paper, you know, train, train a couple of people. Like I wasn't looking for it to, to go deeper, you know, an end though. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, with the whole manifesting thing, it's like, you know, my ex and I, we would talk about, you know, well, why don't you pursue fitness? It's like, well, I don't really have a business background and I I don't know how to market. And she's like, you've been managing restaurants for 15 years. You You know, so, so, and and again, it's one of those things, your true power lies in your story. So once once I sat down and actually started writing out all the things I do in the course of a week and a month in the restaurant, I was like, I actually know quite a lot. I was like, <laughs> I just have to learn how to market. <laughs> so I traveled the country, went with the seminars because I dropped out of college. So when I dropped out the third time, I was like, I ain't going back. Wait Cause, yeah, because I'm just not a book learner, you know, so I, I just traveled around to, to different to different uh, seminars. I joined mastermind groups. I got a business coach and just learned all the stuff that, that I needed to learn. But just now, as you know, I want to shift into into more speaking because I love it. I absolutely love speaking. I think that's the dynamic part of who you are. You know, that is that is that is your thing. You are good at speaking. You are good at invoking that emotion in people. And I think a lot of people don't realize or recognize that. And you have so. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that off air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So if you could give us a final word. What would you give us? Watch how you speak to yourself. Do not speak to yourself in a manner that you would not want to be spoken to. Because the disrespect you won't take from someone else, don't disrespect yourself. Love that. That's that's amazing. And and again, I I know I said that was the final word, but I lied. (laughs) Because again, I see that a lot in the gym. You know, I work with, with mostly females. And so, sometimes females are so hard on themselves. Chill. Right? They're just so hard. Like you can see, you can see a guy with the biggest beer gut, double chin, and he'll be like, "Look at these guns." <laughs> you know, he has the biggest self. He has the best self esteem ever. You can't tell him he don't look good. Okay? You yeah. will not tell him he don't look good. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but I see that all the time. And I'll leave with this last quick story. So I have a climbing rope, you know, like we, we do tough mutters and spotting races and all those things. So one of the women comes up to me and she's like, Rob, she's like, I'm going to climb that rope someday. I said, Hey, why not today? And she's like, um, um, I don't, I don't know if I can. I said, have you tried? She's like, no. I said, then how do you know you can't do it? I said, you're talking, I said, you're talking yourself out of it. So she walks over. I show her how to lock in. She she went up a couple. Then she got scared and she came back down. And I was like, what are you afraid of? I said, if you can go up two pulls, you can go all the way up to the bell. Because like I put a cowbell up at the top so, so they have something to strive for. Yes. And she relocked, went all the way up and rang, rang the bell. I said, say, said, and this whole time, you didn't think you had the power. You didn't think you had the grip strength. You didn't think you could hold your body weight up there. And that was all BS. <laughs> it's the mind. It's, it's, the, the, it's the mindset. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. Appreciate it. It was nice seeing that that vulnerable side of you. I'm still a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I was like, whenever I go deep into the story about about my dad, I'm like, this is gonna choke me up. I was like, but I'm all badass though. I'm still <laughs> all badass. <laughs> I will still flip all these tables in here with tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't don't sign out though, okay? Okay. All right, so thank you very much for joining us again, and uh, we'll see you soon because we'll de- definitely have you have you back on because I'm sure we, there's a lot more we have to uh, 
to discuss on the topic. Yes. All righty. Let me just bump out. Bye-bye. All right. So if you're tuning in late, make sure you go back, watch the full episode. So it's all about the journey. It's all about, as uh, Chan just finished with, it's all about how you talk to yourself. You know, and so as it says over here, how to step into your greatness. The first way is you have to believe that you are. Not that you can be. You have to believe that you are. So like they always say in in business, you know, you have to prepare for for the thing you want. Like you don't have it yet, but you got to prepare for that thing you want. And it's the same thing in your mind. You have to think like you have it all together and then piece it together along the way. And then you'll get to where you want to be. All right. So we're going to end there. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with a debate show on Monday. Again, we're talking about police brutality and the media's role and how it's displayed. And then we're back with Gigi. She's an Instagram up-and-coming star. She'll be here on Tuesday. And uh, you guys, again, guys have a great and safe weekend. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore b underscore